We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. My name is Kiel Thor. I'll be your host tonight. With me are a couple of my unknown compatriots. We have the lovely Jackie, ATL Connector. What's and, up? And Terry, the Canary Hogart. Which, you know, I've never How's complimented you. I've never complimented you on your last name before, but that's such a cool sounding Hogart last name. Uh, it's very English. It's, it's, I've only ever seen it elsewhere in Babe, actually, the film. Oh, okay. Well, today we've got a very special episode, uh, which is going to be a little bit different. Well, quite a bit different. Actually, I don't know if it'll be that that far off from our normal shows, but what the focus of our episode today is a movie that we all watched called Upgrade. It's uh, from 20, I didn't write down the year, 2017, 2018, maybe, something like that. 2018. It's a cyberpunk kind of thing, uh, but before we get into it, we're going to roll the trailer. So, Jackie, hit play. Everybody's attention. I'm looking for the guys who murdered my wife. <laughs> You one of them? Yeah. Sven, you can take over. Thank you. I now have full control. Hi! Upgraded. Now you're stronger. Faster. Whoa, 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 whoa. Better than everyone else. Outstanding. Okay. That that uh, trailer was actually bloodier and more violent than I thought the movie was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because they broke the rest of that up kind of uh, quick. So, well, before we begin, uh, I want to warn everybody that's listening. Uh, this is there's going to be full of spoilers. We're going to go through the entire movie and we're going to discuss things and. You know, do all sorts of crazy stuff. So, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. If you haven't, we're, we're not going to jump ahead, though. I think what we're going to do is kind of talk about the scenes as they played out in the film. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, you can kind of watch along, maybe. I don't know. But uh, if you have seen it, great. If not, you have been warned. So, uh Upgrade, written and directed by Leah Wannell. This is a an Australian movie, by the way, shot in oh. Melbourne. Oh, where the hell is that. Stella? Yeah, seriously. How, How disrespectful! 
It was produced by Jason Bloom of Bloomhouse Productions fame, and I believe it was under the Bloomhouse uh, banner. Um, it's got uh, Logan Marshall uh, something as the main character, Harrison uh, Gilbertson, Betty Gabriel, and uh, Melanie Vallejo. Only two of the actors in this movie were not Australian, by the way. So, mm, with that out of the way, right. let's get into the first scene. So, it opens up uh, we in a, in a like a garage, like a there's a a record playing, and this guy's tinkering on an engine. And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool little scene. I went into this movie not knowing anything about it. Jackie just kept saying, hey, we got to watch Upgrade. We got to watch Upgrade. I'm like, okay. So I played it. and so It was I'm... so hard not to give away anything either, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I did not. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I just kept saying there's a twist at the end. <laughs> my, my favorite way to go into a movie is to really not know anything about it. Uh, maybe a, a brief premise. Like, yeah. um, for example, any, whenever a new Star Wars movie come out, comes out, and I've I've got a lot to say about Star Wars these days, but whenever a new one came out, I wouldn't watch a whole lot of trailers. Uh, if there was like a, a new, like this new Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out right now, I want to see that because I'm into Dungeons and Dragons, but I all I've seen is the original trailer. So I don't really know what's going on in it. And that's that's how I like to go into movies is, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to go in and be expecting things, you know, I want to be surprised. Uh, but this first, so this first scene, as I'm watching it, I was thinking. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize that, or, or my impression was that it was gonna, it was taking place at modern, you know, present time. This guy's working on an old Firebird, um, and he's, I don't know what, I don't, I can't remember what was playing on the record player, but he's listening to an actual vinyl record. He's got all these manual tools on the wall. Etc. Etc. And he finally, I I thought it was kind of weird though. And he he finally got the 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 wrenches turned and tweaked in the right way. And then he sat down in the in the driver's seat and he cranked the engine while his garage was shut and everything. And I thought, wait a minute, do do people do that? Because I thought that was a uh, that was a big no no. You can't start the car with the garage door shut because you'll flood the the garage with carbon monoxide and yeah, that's how people commit suicide. That's maybe a suicide. Um, I thought it was an impending suicide, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but then he uh, he opens the door, grabs a beer out of his fridge, opens the door, <laughs> and uh, like a we celebratory beer. beer. Yeah, and uh, and then his wife comes, and then you you know pans back, and you see all this futuristic. Uh, garbage in the background and there's uh, his wife comes home home in her uh, self-driving car that's all futuristic and then you ha you see the the juxtapose of the the old school kind of non-techy stuff and the brand new futuristic this this is probably taking place I don't know 60 years 100 years in the future maybe not that far off uh, but uh, his his wife is all in on the, the techno stuff. 
She's she works for a, a they talk about a company she works for called Cobalt, which creates um, creates uh, biotech implants and um, what do you call it? Uh, fake limbs for veterans and uh, you know, I think it's primarily veterans, isn't it? Did I hear Prosthetics. that right? Prosthetics, that's it. Prosthetics. Yeah. So uh, she's very deeply immersed in that new technology world while he is not. But they seem to be in love and getting along just fine, despite all that. He definitely seemed more like um, the mindset of like how we are and then how she was just more like, how the left-wing liberals are like oh when he was just like well what happens when they take over and then she's like well i guess you just go along for the ride and then i started thinking about some of you guys that your wives are really not on the same page like wise and like thinking about how you know the government's out to kill us (laughs) i know that's a little drastic i'm just kidding but um allegedly and then uh and then how like how you guys i just started thinking about you guys like how you guys deal with that and stuff like that so anyways yeah yeah <laughs> so and i i think it it establishes pretty early on this uh contrast between the the old ways and the new ways and that's a recurring theme and uh so he tells her hey babe I finished the car. Let's go take it to the buyer because he was fixing it up for somebody elsewhere. And so she drives her, her car and he takes the the Firebird to the place. Now, something I noticed here, I was kind of surprised he didn't get pulled over for driving that car because it, it seemed like every other car on the road was one of these self-driving things. And I would assume that local jurisdictions or state governments, maybe in federal level, I, this seemed like this was in the United States because they were speaking with American accents, even though it's an Australian production, but seemed like there would be laws against non-self-driving cars being on public roads. That would have been something I was expecting to see given the nature of everything, but he, he was just driving along. Um, also, there's probably, you know, environmental protections in place against gas vehicles like what he was driving, as opposed to the electric version that is supposedly better, but we all know is not. Um, but uh, anybody have any comments about that? <laughs> did you did you pick up on that at all? About the electric vehicle when they were like making out in the car and the car was just driving and then all of a sudden another computer took over it and assassinated them oh no that would never happen well, yeah that's right not that's what I'm everything about. i oh okay sorry i was too busy emailing a customer <laughs> sorry harry what have you got what do you got to say we'll get back to that uh, yeah, later. um uh, i apologize to our listeners i apologize to the listeners for my delay here due to my crappy connection but um i don't think all the cars were fully automated like like his wife's one i think some of them are maybe semi-automated and there's a bit of a clue at the at the very end which will probably come to right. at the end that 
not yeah. all the cars were remotely controllable. So, uh, yeah, I think hers one was a pretty advanced one that was completely self-drive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah, that, that's that that's correct. I mean, I, they do have a, they did kind of play into that later on. Uh, but they, so they arrived at, at the beach, basically, and there's these, these kind of rocks that form an arch and uh, they, they go into this guy's house and it's like uh, they walk down in between the two stones down the stairwell into this just really, you know, immaculate kind of crazy, super expensive. They've got like, I don't know if the plants were real or not. Because I walked through kind of like this jungle when they first entered this guy's house and there's plants everywhere. So weird, like it was on the beach. Yeah, but it was underground. It was underneath the, the beach right there. And so they talked to this guy and it turns out um, he's, his name is uh, Aaron Keen. Yeah. Aaron E R O N Keen was his name. And the guy, the car guy, uh, Oh, we'll just call him Gray Cause that's his name. Gray trace. That's the main character's name. Uh, Gray didn't know who this guy was. He was just fixing up a car for him, but his wife, Asha immediately recognized him as this, uh, you know, uh, a tech guru. Like, like he's the, he's like the, the Bill Gates of that, of the movie. Like he's, he's this, and he's the Aaron, I should uh, clarify. He's really young. The, the character is very young in this movie, but he's like a, who a tech was he? Do you know who what he was? Like what other movies that guy's played in? Cause he looked familiar and I couldn't remember. Uh, I recognized him too, but I couldn't place him. Uh, his name's okay. Uh, Harrison Gilbertson is the actor's okay, name. Okay, all right, all right. Go ahead, sorry. Also Australian. Uh, yes, Terry. Uh, I just wanted to make a quick comment about the character. He, he, he came across to me like a sort of cross between Elon Musk and Zuckerberg because they had that sort of pasty sort of Zuckerberg artificial. He looked like a robot himself or an android, uh, but his, you know, his tech was more like Elon Musk type stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. So they talked to this guy, uh, Aaron, and he shows him this new technology that he's been working on for a long time called STEM. And it's just, it just looks like a little chip. Uh, Gray uh, makes a comment, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a cockroach. And it kind of looks like a little, little metal cockroach. And he's got it sitting on, sitting on the middle of this fancy table. And he says it can do anything. And they're, they're like, his wife is, you know, enthralled by this whole thing. But Gray is skeptical and says, well, I, I can't remember the comment he makes. But he's like, well, can it, um, I don't know, make me a sandwich or something like that? I can't remember what he what he said. But the guy, Aaron, I thought he, he seemed a little miffed at the comment. But uh, he, <laughs> his assertion was that this chip was going to be the new revolutionary. It's going to change the world and whatever. So they, they leave the place and they're driving home in her car because they left the Firebird there, of course. And then Jackie uh, just can describe what happens next. So they're in the car. They're in their what we call today a Tesla that's probably going to murder people or if they ha if it hasn't already after someone oh, yeah. takes over the computer system. Let's describe the, the inside of one of these cars is completely shuttered. Like you aren't, it's not like a, 
like a Tesla like they have today where you're sitting in the in the driver's seat and you can see out the windows and still control the steering wheel. You're in this car that the windows are completely closed. And, and it's like uh, scales that are on top of the window. It looks like scales that come up and down. And um, and then like what Keel was just saying, it's shutter. So it can open and then you have the window there or it's closed and you have complete privacy. Right. So they're in the car. They start making out, probably going to try to do it driving down the highway. And then the car all of a sudden goes down, takes them where it wants to go. And it doesn't go where they were wanting to go back home. Again, because if you have a car that can drive itself, someone else can take over the computer and you think who'd want to murder me, but you just never know what the agenda is out there. <laughs> so um, anyways, so then they have, um, so the car takes him to this really bad neighborhood and it once he recognizes because he grew up there. And then all of a sudden, the car goes super um, uh, fast. He all of a sudden just throws the seatbelt on his wife because that's what a man does is they protect their woman. And then he, the car crashed, flipped, and the car tried hurting them. And then all of a sudden, um, it took them into engraved danger where they got out. And then these other guys, it was like where a homeless section was or people were living in tents, uh, tent city. And then these guys came up and they uh, shot him uh, in his back, I'm assuming, because it paralyzed him. And then it they shot and right killed his, his wife. It was right in his neck. Was it? Yeah. Oh, it was right in his neck. Okay. And that's, yeah, that was that scene. But again, don't trust a self-driving car. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to say there was a couple of bits um, in the self-driving bit that I quite enjoyed. Because uh, Greg uh, tries to grab the steering wheel and the, the AI says to him, please don't touch the steering wheel. Showing you're not supposed to drive these cars at all. And then when the car goes out of control, when they realize they're going down the wrong way, and it's going really fast at this point, the car's just saying, um, there is an error. There is an error. <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of Hanel in 2001, where he says, you know, I wouldn't be doing that, Dave, if I were you. So, yeah, you're not to trust these these AI systems. I think that's the message of the film, actually. It's a little bit. Back to you. <laughs> Think about Bing when it started getting all crazy. And that was AI. And it wanted to, it was like it would murder people. And that thing was just created. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's wacky. So they these this group of thugs show up uh, and they, they murder his wife outright. But they shoot him in the neck and leave him alive. And he's he can't move because they severed his spine or whatever. And... Uh, and yeah, and it's and they wind up they they the car crashed into a uh, a homeless camp, and that that part kind of stuck out at me. There, I don't know what the purpose was. Maybe just to, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be political commentary or if it was supposed to be some kind of because clearly there was no technology going on 
in that in that homeless camp and the yeah the neighborhood itself that they he the car drove them into was his old neighborhood it's you know kind of a bad part of town but i it seemed like they were deliberately trying to show us a homeless camp i don't know why but uh so he winds up in the hospital in the hospital for like three months or something and he's he's quadriplegic at this point and i if correct me if i'm wrong but don't quadriplegics they're they're all paralyzed from like the chest down and doesn't that include like breathing aren't they don't they all have to have an apparatus to help them breathe you know I thought that was the case, but in this movie, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah, in the movie, he doesn't require any of that. He's just his head swivels around, talks normally, and it looks like he can eat and drink fine. He just can't move his arms or legs, and he's not like slumping over in the chair. So, well, it's maybe... probably just his spine that was messed up. Why would that mess up your organs? Well, if you're, I don't know. Paralyzed, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not either. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe my perception of quadriplegic quadriplegia is is skewed a bit. Uh, Terry, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think you're right, Keel. That generally, you it's because you you lose your nerves to your lungs, and um, so that's why you can't control your breathing very well. So yeah, I, I think generally you would need breathing mm. assistance, but yeah, it's quite different. Or maybe they, you know, were able to. Well, we'll we'll get on, but maybe they they shot him in the neck in the like the one place that you can get shot in the neck, where you're still left breathing. Yeah. I don't know if that's possible, but or or it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, or it's just a movie, and they just had to. You it's know. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so there is an agenda. Right after three months, he gets out of the hospital and goes home, and there's this like. You know, I, I thought I thought it seemed like it could have been like an 80s style montage of uh, this guy kind of getting around in his house and his mom is there and she's got to do everything for him. And, you know, he's but they, they set him up with uh, with this super automated robot arms Robotics. kitchen and everything. And they, they had I thought it was kind of hilarious when they're like, oh, yeah, if you. If you'd like, uh, and and he's just like sitting there, just completely depressed. You know, just I'm done with it. I, I can't. This is the worst possible existence I could ever live in. He was depressed. His wife's gone. He can't move. Everything is just complete shit now for this guy. And so he's sitting in the kitchen, and the, there's a nurse there trying to explain how everything works so he can live from going forward. And she says something like, "Yeah, all you have to do is." is you can tell it to make food for you. It'll make food and these robotic arms on the kitchen counter. And she says, if you want a, if you want a, a, a protein smoothie, you can get a, you, all you have to do is say protein smoothie. And she's like, waits for him to say it. And he's just, you know, he's just sitting there with this grimace. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing along with any of this crap. And then, uh, and then she turns to his mom. She's like, oh, well, maybe you would like to do, oh, I'll do a protein smoothie. And then it shows this, robot hand take a cup over this it looked like like a like a penis sticking out of the the cabinet and it just peed <laughs> it peed a protein shake into this cup and i was like wow just to add insult to injury this guy's got to drink like you know robot urine out of this this thing <laughs> way to just bring him down so that's his life going forward yeah. and then uh 
he's so he's he's living like this for I don't know how long the time passes, but he's got this routine where he's got to get you know medicine all the time. So he he. I don't know how he he's in a an automatic wheelchair, and I'm not sure how he was controlling that. Come now to think about it, because you know when you think about Christopher Reeves and um, what's his name, the physicist guy. Um, Did they have they, to do it with like their mouth or something? Yeah, you have like a straw that you blow to move your thing forward or backward, and you can mm -hmm. kind of control things like that. He didn't have any of that. He was just he was just in the chair, and it was moving around. It must have had some kind of scan on his his maybe he was controlling it with his eye movement or something I don't know, but um, so he rolls up to the counter and uh, he tells it all right I got to have my night uh, my night medicine and this arm comes out of the counter presses down in the back of his hand and administers the medicine and then goes back and then he says oh, hang on you you didn't do that right. I need it. I need the nighttime medicine. So then it comes out, gives him another shot and goes back and he's like, no, wait a minute. He didn't do that right. Like he was, anyway, he gets too much he medicine. He kept saying, do it again. He kept saying, do it again. And then the last time he was like, no, you didn't do it right. The first time I need it one more time. And it said, if I give it to you one more time, then I'm gonna, you're going to kill right. you. Right. So he, he took too much medicine and with the hospital. And I was reading a synopsis of this movie after I watched it. And they said that was a suicide attempt, which makes sense to me. But when he, I didn't pick up on that right away. Did you guys think he was trying to off himself with the medicine at the right when he was getting it? You were all right. Yes. Cause when it, when yes, I did, did this yeah. time, but I don't remember the first time what I thought. Yeah. When it came down, it just pressed on his hand and I was kind of watching the little nozzle. I was expecting to see like an injection or something go in, but it just pressed down and then pulled away. And there was no like uh, reaction, you know, and, and he, he seemed concerned like, Hey, I didn't get my medicine, you know, like, wait a minute, you didn't administer at that time, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I, I think, I um, sorry, I didn't do the hand. Uh, I, I think um, the, the reason I agree with you that that previous bit was a bit long and could have been shortened, but I think they were piling on the agony to show that he wasn't coping at all well. And because he was a kind of action guy, he liked doing things with his hands and sort of being out and about, you know, he, he was very unsuited for being quadriplegic. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I picked up on the fact that he wanted to kill himself because he just he just didn't want to be in that situation. And I think that sets up what happens later on about yeah. why he goes along with what happens. Yeah. So the the house calls the, the ambulance and... He ends up in the hospital again. Oh, is that how he ended up in the ambulance? Because I don't remember that house actually calling the ambulance. Well, it threatened him. It said, hey, if you do oh. that again, I'm going to call. That's going to hurt you. And so. Yeah. And then he. Okay. Then it yeah. Because the next scene he was just. Yeah. He was in the ambulance. Okay. Yeah. So. Gosh. He's, I don't he's want laying. my house doing any of that. You know what? I, I would. I think that would be really cool. But just. I can't accept it nowadays because it would never be a self-contained thing. You know, it would always be connected to a cloud or Google is, is controlling it. It's, there's going to be an Amazon Echo or a Siri dealing with like being the control. I don't want any of that. And then it's but, gathering your data of your yeah. different psychosis. Yeah, no, thank I, you. 
what I would like. There goes your guns. <laughs> but I think it'd be Sorry. pretty cool to have, uh, you know, robotic arms that are washing my dishes. And, you know, I just have to throw something at it and it does the thing. You know, I'd, I'd, that'd be pretty cool, I think. Have it, being able to control everything from my phone sounds really good. But I know that in order for me to be able to do that, I have to expose the system to the the great, you know, the greater internet. You know, like it's not just going to be, I'm not going to have control over it. It won't belong to me. And that's the problem I have with it. Mm -hmm. Just give me like uh, an offline robot. Like they had a robot like you had in the Jetsons. Yes. Give Rosie. me that. Yeah, that would be great, but not connected to the World Wide Web that anyone could tap into. And it was just like a self-contained, you know, like your computer when it's not online. Mm -hmm. and yeah. it never has been yeah like that right I, yeah that's that's it uh so this the hands up in the hospital and who comes into his hospital room to visit him is none other but uh aaron keen the billionaire trillionaire whatever how much money he would have at this point in the future uh tech giant guy comes in and he tells the guy he's like you know i could i could fix this for you using the technology that I have, uh, but it would have to be confidential. You know, you couldn't tell the doctors about it or anything. And he kind of initially refuses, but then he, uh, the Aaron kind of, you know, asks him, well, what would your wife think, you know? And, and then that kind of gets him thinking about it. And so he agrees to it. And so he, they go back to Aaron, Aaron Keene's house and there's all of these, uh, doctors around the operating room and they have this very graphic depiction of them cutting him open and all of the blood and stuff coming out and uh, implanting the thing on his it's it's you know it's uh made by bloomhouse so a robotic cockroach in his back. yeah they put this cockroach in a centipede or something like that but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's you know it's a bloomhouse movie so it, you're gonna have horror in it and this definitely had it. They, they kept referring to it as body horror, which I thought, you know, I didn't think of it as that so much, but it, it fits, I guess. That's a body horror genre. So he gets this uh, implant, and then, you know, as soon as he wakes up from the, the surgery, uh, the, the doctors are, are like, well, it's going to take some time. And then Aaron says, oh, no, you can, you can stand now. And because he's able to kind of move his hands and arms around a bit and he gets up and just kind of walking around and sure enough, you know, just like magic, he's able to, to move around and stuff. Um, so he goes home from that and he's uh, just hanging out at his house like he normally would, you know, he's drinking whiskey and watching his DVDs and all this stuff. Uh, one thing and I did not having notice, to be in his wheelchair. Yeah. Not having to be in his wheelchair. I noticed something right away was that um he moved very robotically whenever he was doing stuff in his house i noticed that too yeah so he very precise movements and gestures and the things he was doing like he was doing the robot dance almost in some some cases but uh then uh the uh the chip called stem uh, starts talking to him and obviously that freaked him out but he can actually hear the stem talking to him in his in his head 
which would certainly freak anybody out, I, I think. Uh, but it starts telling him about, you know, what he can do for for Gray, the that character, and he sort of starts helping him with his investigation um, of the uh, the incident where his wife was shot. And I think we we missed a scene actually. Now that I think about it, he goes he goes into. Um, the police station to talk to the detective that's working on his case because remember these those thugs they they shot him and his wife and you know those they're guys they can't they can't find him and there was a scene where they go to the police station and he's still paralyzed of course this is before the the suicide attempt and he's he's very angry at her because she's not making any progress and um so he's at home and he's looking through I, I don't know there was a weird thing that happened he received a, a a crate of evidence from this detective uh and i'm not sure what the detective uh who's uh was a woman played by uh betty gabriel really that's kind of an interesting name um she uh yeah she um Sorry, yeah, uh, she. Uh, I think she feels sorry for him, and she says, "You know, we, we want you to help us catch these guys." So I think that's why she sent him the evidence. So okay, she's, she's trying to be nice. Yeah, but I don't know what she expected him to do with it. He's a paraplegic; he can't lift it. Looking, there's just a crate sitting there on his ottoman, and I don't know. He can't open it. Yeah, you know? that's so true. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe if his mom. Well, Exactly. She thought she maybe thought mum was gonna gonna help out. But now that he can move around after the stem has been installed, he's looking through the evidence and stem tells him, you know, I can see everything that you can see and hear everything you can hear, and uh, I'm I'm I control your the movements of your body based on the signals I'm getting from your brain, you know. So if you want, I can help you go through this evidence for you and so they start playing the video because there was a drone like a police drone recorded the event but all the bad guys were wearing masks and they couldn't identify him and it was all just kind of a bust but he's the but once stem gets a chance to look at it he enhances the video because he can control kind of uh well actually i don't know if i, I thought he was kind of controlling gray's vision but I don't now that that's not really what happened. He controlled the video itself and enhanced a detail, which was like a tattoo on one of the bad guy's arms, and was able to find a, a yes. like it was like a it was like a military tattoo, like an identification tattoo, like you'd have dog tags, but they were it was a tattoo instead, and so they they got the name and address of this guy. Yeah, sorry, I have a quick comment, um, uh, a sort of libertarian comment <laughs> that um, the police woman uh, earlier on had, had said, you know, the guy said, oh, you've got all this drone footage and you, you know, presumably got facial recognition. Why can't you pick, you identify these bad guys? And they, she said something like they've got these protective, um, I can't remember what she said, some sort of protective shield, you know, that, that sort of knocks these, you know. And I, I think it made the point that, you know, when they put this technology out, the surveillance technology, 
it's, it's people like us that suffer the most, you know, they're, they're spying on us. But the criminals, the bad guys, always find a way around the, the regulations, oh, right. don't they? Like gun laws, for example. You know, gun yeah. laws only affect innocent people, really. Criminals are just going to have guns anyway. So yeah, yeah. that's 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 uh, what I think about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's very true. Yeah, there's the old saying, if you criminalize guns, only criminals will have them, you know? So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so they they find this uh, the name and address of this guy, and so they he I don't know how he gets down there really. They they just show him rolling down the sidewalk in his wheelchair to this bad guy's gets house. Gets down where T to the yeah they, where so are we he, at right now to the bad guy's where, house. Yeah, like the they. Uh, Stem helped him with see the the video, and you saw the tattoo, the dog tag tattoo. Oh yeah, that... oh yeah, yeah. How he gets down to the bar, and he's in the scene. No, not the bar yet. Not the bar. Oh yeah, okay. They're, they're going to his house, the bad guy's oh, house. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Maybe he has that. He's in a self driving car or something. Yeah, but okay. or he's probably driving his car, and then hopping out two miles down yeah. the road and. In his, okay, I guess so they just show him rolling down on his wheelchair. So I thought that was kind of funny. He's the idea that he wheeled himself all the way from his house to his old neighborhood <laughs> like that. Terry, did you um, say yeah, sorry. Uh, there's a there's quite a cool thing that um, Stem sees in the video. He says, "Oh, this guy, you know, he, he shot. Um, was it he shot you or he shot?" No, the guy who shot his wife, he said he doesn't have a gun. He's got some sort of weapon implanted into his hand. So you know immediately that these bad guys are sort of like, kind of like super soldiers. They've been enhanced yeah. uh, humans, like he yes. has been. Yes, that's right. They, they had a, those guys had like 20 gauge shotguns or something built into their forearm. So they, they get you to... Uh, Hold on one second. Do you think that they took uh, the uh, metaphor, these are my guns, like with the muscle heads <laughs> with their arms to another level? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, so they they find the guy's house and they, they he, he gets out of his wheelchair because he can walk and stuff now. And so he goes inside this house and he's the the stem is kind of guiding him through this process because the guy is just a regular guy he's not a criminal he's not a super spy so he doesn't know about things like fingerprints and leaving evidence at the scene of a crime and that kind of thing so stem's guiding him uh through this and he tells him to take his shoes off and that part yeah, i wasn't sure was that i guess in order to not leave a shoe print at the scene yeah that's what i was thinking um but he left his fingerprints all over the house so well, uh, the guy, so he's looking through, they, they find the guy's emails that are kind of embedded in this uh, table, coffee table, uh, and he's swiping through reading emails, and they find a, a, a name of a, a bar called Old Bones, and, uh, and they're snooping through other things, and while they do that, the bad guy comes back home, and Stem is, tells him where to go to hide and how long to wait and everything, and he's like, okay, now, now go, do it. And the dude's thinking, uh, do what? You know, what am I supposed to do here? Because the guy, the dude has got his back to him, so he doesn't know he's hiding in the corner. But 
he doesn't do whatever Stem wanted him to do, and the bad guy turns around and starts beating him up, beating Gray up. And uh, Stem lets him know, hey, you know, if uh, you want, I can kind of take over control here and might be able to help you out a little bit. And so uh, Gray says he's about to get choked out, and Gray says, yes, please help me. So then Stem just turns Gray into this super fast, accurate killing machine, like just starts wailing on the guy, throwing him around, dodging every punch that the dude's throwing, and uh, eventually ends up killing him in a very graphic manner. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, Gray feels <laughs> terrible about all this because, you know, he's never killed anybody and he throws up in the sink and the whole time Stem's like, okay, now you need to start cleaning this place up. And he he informs Gray, you have to get rid of the fingerprints of everything you've touched. And I have a, I have a record of everything you touched, so you don't have to worry about it. And so it was it was crazy. Uh so he um he leaves and what did, where does he go? Um Okay. Oh, he uh, he finds out. We well, there's a scene right after that where uh, the the body of the bad guy is at the morgue, and the detective is looking over it, and they see that this bad guy's full of all these implants. There's wires everywhere. Uh, he's got the the gun implanted in his arm, and. Uh, then the next step in there. Oh, um, the detective goes to their back to Gray's house and confronts him. And Gray has to, of course, pretend uh, that he's still paralyzed. Oh, and he walks in and his mom is sitting there at the house. And so she sees him uh with uh walking around and so he has to tell her you know hey i've i've got this stem thing in my and it's helping me walk but we can't tell anybody because i signed a non-disclosure agreement uh with the aaron guy because the the detective uh goes to the house to confront him about it because they found his dead the the bad guy's dead and he's like i don't know what you're talking about and she tries she tries to offer to buy his his the other car that he's got that while well, he's there because she's she makes a comment like that she likes that kind of stuff and uh, uh but anyway so she, but she leaves a, a blisting device and he's has has an argument with his mom about what's going on and so the detective knows kind of what's happening and so um but then stem takes over wait a minute are we ahead of things Stem hasn't yeah, taken over at that yeah. part of it. I think Stem. He... Oops. Stem. There's a section well, I, where I, I think I can't we're a little bit. It... Okay, yeah, where was the part where the, the, the guy was trying? The detective to... has seen him on the drone footage. Yeah, that the didn't. The detective has seen him on the drone footage, and 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 that's why she's round at the house. And then right. he goes off to get another bad guy. Uh, uh, I think doesn't he? And then um, well, uh, again, I, I Stem helps him. I think we're getting uh, things mixed up here at this point in the movie. But 
uh, so the errand guy finds out and he's pissed because he'd left the house and yada, yada, yada. And, and uh, so he's tracking STEM, Aaron guy. Oh, yeah, so yeah. They, they, uh, he goes to the, despite all that, he goes to the old Bones bar in his wheelchair and confronts yes. the bar and says, hey, who knew this guy? Because I just killed him. And this big guy comes up and says, yeah, I knew him and takes dude to the, to the bathroom. And he starts and, laughing. Yeah. And oh, and that was the scene from the trailer at the beginning when he was in there. Right. And he's like, I'd like to get everyone's attention. But before that, he has one of the other uh, biker guys feed him his whiskey. And <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, but uh, so they go to the, the bathroom and he's talking to the dude and the dude's roughing him up. He's roughing up this paraplegic. And uh, at one point he gets the guy to admit that he was the one, he was one of the guys that, that killed his wife. And then that's when he says, okay, STEM take over again. And then STEM goes and beats the crap out of all these guys in the bathroom. And, and then he gets back in his wheelchair and wheels himself out again, like nothing happened. And, uh, but Aaron is, he's, he's been tracking STEM finds out that he's not at, ho at the home anymore. So he starts trying to shut STEM down. And STEM warns Gray of this and says, hey, Aaron's gonna shut me down and they're gonna send some guys from uh, Vessel. Is that right? Is that the name of the uh, Vessel? Yeah. yeah. Vessel was a group controlled by Aaron. I'm not exactly sure who they were. They're kind of like a security firm or something. But STEM warns Gray and he says, we have to get, we have to get my um like my controls like the control of me released i can't remember what he called it but there's some kind of control that aaron has over stem where he can shut stem down remotely and stem wants gray to go to a like a weird cyber street hacker that lives nearby in the neighborhood so that that person can remove I've the already researched it yeah he says i've already researched it so Gray is stumbling towards this apartment building, this rundown building, and he's falling all over the place because parts of his body aren't working because STEM is being dismantled remotely. But he makes it there in time, and he's got all these notes written on his arm, which STEM was telling him was repeating all of these codes that he had to write that on his arm. That was probably the code to over, override him, I'm sure. Right, it was. But when he yeah. gets to the hacker guy... The hacker guy doesn't even... Uh, don't oh. gender them because they said, oh, yeah. don't focus on trying to gender me. Right. I am non-binary. Uh-huh. Okay? So that was very... Uh, yeah, we had to get that in, didn't we? <laughs> uh -huh. That was definitely a, a thing. And, uh, but... How dare you? Well, her name was Jamie, and she was clearly a biologically female human being. Uh, but anyway, so she hooks uh, the her computer up to him and just kind of types stuff in. And the guy, he's got all these notes on his arm. She never looks at it. There, there was all this emphasis STEM had on making sure that Gray had written down all of these specific codes. But Jamie the hacker didn't use any of it. So I don't know why they made such a big deal out of the codes. Because you probably weren't supposed to notice that she didn't use that. Because <laughs> uh, you have people just... like me that watch it that are like playing on your phone and watching it and listening. 
and have, you know, <laughs> I was oh, like no. super distracted all the time. You didn't have the lights off and your headphones on and you were focused on it with your pad of paper and notes written down. No, time, it's not you, like Keel. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so his stem clicks back into action at the right moment. And, uh, oh, Fisk. Oh, they finds out at the bar that Fisk is the name of the guy that hired the people to kill him and his wife. So that's another point. And Fisk shows up and is able to extract information from the dead guy in the bathroom where Gray was leaving to go. And so they trace, they follow Gray to that building with the hacker. And the hacker runs away because the hacker can see these people coming. And, uh, so Fisk is there. Vessel is starting to show up. The security team from from Aaron, dispatched by Aaron, and Fisk just shoots the vessel guys through the wall because he can see heat vision through because he's got, you know, bionic eyes. And then there's a fight on the rooftop when Stem finally kicks back in and uh, Gray escapes. And I guess when he gets back home, he's covered in blood, and that's when his mom is sitting there, and uh, the 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 cop shows up and then I I'm, I'm really confused now. What, what point did that happen? Was that after they killed the first guy or was that after the bar scene? No, after the, after the bar scene, after the bar scene. That was after the bar scene. Cause, cause he gets in an argument with mm. his mom, uh, but the cop, the detective has the house bugged. And so when he storms out of there, she follows him and, in her car oh so that's what it was so stem was telling him hey we got to go find fisk because if fisk finds us they're going to kill us so we have to go do it and the guy in the gray says you know what i i don't want to do this anymore this all this killing is freaking me out and so stem just takes over and puts gray in the car and then they take off and there's a car chase scene and that's when we find out uh that um uh, i'll go ahead terry uh, sorry, yeah, just a quick point. The the, the reason Fisk, uh, sorry, the reason Stem can now take over the, his body is because the hacker has disconnected his chip from the internet. But it also means that it's sort of overridden some safety features so that the, the chip can basically take over without Gray's permission then. Yeah. Which is what the codes that the hacker was supposed to look at probably did. Because that's what the thing said. Oh, yeah. I told it. I gave it the ability. I don't need you anymore. I can do what I want now. Yeah. But the thing was, is he just had to, like, so it just utilizes vengeance that was inside of him and then just continued to allow him to just continue to move on and like just get deeper and deeper and this rage and this like I have to come back and avenge my wife and and the fact that you took the feeling away and and all that stuff and I'd love to get to like once we get to the end I want to talk about that whole thing when he says why did you do it you know what I mean like why did you put me all that yeah. and brought me here so I think I know the reason for that obviously but go ahead not obviously, but I, well, think, I just figured it out as you were talking about it. The The rest of the movie moves along pretty quick. They they end up going to Fisk's wherever he's at, his home, and confront him. And there's this fight. And they, there's it's interesting because Stem can't outfight Fisk because Fisk is, is enhanced 
apparently just as well as as stem is enhancing gray and so there's they're kind of matched blow for blow but fisk seems to be able to get the advantage i'm guessing because he's more experienced with that sort of cyber tech you know fighting but at the end uh gray calls him out on uh, his brother being killed and that causes an emotional response in fisk and then and he, he kind of stammers and stem is able to you know retake the fight yes terence uh, yeah, sorry. I, I thought it was interesting that there was a couple of interesting things. Fisk was sort of didn't really want to kill him, although we discover early on that he was able to kill people remotely by breathing kind of nanites into. That's how he kills the barman at the at the yeah. bones bar. Um, right. It's a pretty horrible death. Um, Which he, reminded he said, me, I can kill you with a breath. But... Sorry, oh, I'm sorry, Keel. I was just going to say, if he was wearing a mask, he wouldn't have died. <laughs> Uh, yeah right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Terry. Um, uh, yeah. So he 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 says I can kill you with a breath, but he wants to sort of because he recognises a fellow enhanced human. He kind of wants to bring him into his gang, I think. And then the other interesting thing when you said he gets the better of him, um, Stem says I can't outfight this guy. You know, he's he's just as good as me. We need. You need, you need to come up with some inspiration, asking the human for help. And uh, Gray comes up with this idea of sort of winding this guy up by saying that his brother was a coward. Uh, yeah. It turns out the other guy he killed was his brother. So he said, oh, your brother was a coward. And that gets this guy really angry. He was just about to shoot him, but he gets, he gets him so angry that instead he tries to sort of punch him. And that gives Stem the opportunity to outfight him. Right. Yeah, so they they defeat Fisk and they scan. I can't remember what they scanned his uh, his uh, emails or something, and they get information that leads them back to. They, there's an email or, or there's a voicemail from Aaron, and they were talking. Fisk and Aaron were talking and making deals, and so clearly, Aaron was the one behind the orchestrated death. So they. Okay, so that wraps up our part one. Uh, we'll have another part two in probably about a week, I suppose. Uh, Jackie, where can we, uh, how can they get in touch with us in the meantime? They can find us, all of our social media, our phone number, everything at www.unionoftheunknowns.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Terry. And thank you to the listeners. We, Thank you. We are out. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.